Hey, football freaks, it's Alan. Just want to take the time here to let you know that this week's show is brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts. If you're thinking of doing a podcast, there is a way for you to do a show without having to become an audio editing master, a production whiz kid. You can just go to prettyeasypodcasts.com and get your own personal producer at a very, very low cost. That'll be someone who can guide you, assist you, help you out with whatever you need, get your podcast off the ground. If you have an idea or a topic you want to talk about on a weekly basis, a daily basis, it doesn't matter. Go to prettyeasypodcasts.com. Get started today. Take some of the hassle of starting a podcast off your shoulders and let the audio professionals at Pretty Easy Podcasts help you out. Pretty Easy Podcasts is where podcasters go to get their shows recorded and posted with a complete podcast studio at their disposal. Record from home or your office or anywhere, really. Pretty Easy Podcasts caters to your schedule and gives you a producer for your show at your beck and call. Go to prettyeasypodcasts.com, sign up today, be heard, have some fun podcasting, and don't let a lack of technical knowledge hold you back. Go to prettyeasypodcasts.com today. This is Pep Hamilton, head coach, general manager of your D.C. Defenders. Enjoy the XFL show. Well, the first thing we do is we get the best hides and we pick the best parts of the best hides to get the best leather that we can for the football. That's where it starts. Then we go through, we stamp team logos, we start stitching it together, we stitch the reinforcements in, we turn it right side out. Then we insert a bladder, close it up with laces. Then the last step is we inflate it and make sure the shape is good and make sure it has the right air pressure. We first started ideation in January of 2018. I'm meeting with Chris Calandra and the team at Big Game, Bones and everybody, just talking about what could be different. Looking at the ball of its terms of components, whether it's the laces, the color, the stripes on the ball, all the different things that we tested. We did four different versions of the leather. We tested eight different colors on the ball. We did three different ways to impress the ball, to create the X's. We did two different types of lacing. It was a whole total process that took the entire year to be able to get to one of the spots where we have one of the best footballs ever made. This is the future. This is not the past. The new XFL will kick off in 2020. What the XFL is cooking. It's still football, but it's professional football reimagined. This is our moment, our story to tell. This is history begun. This is the XFL! Welcome, football fans. This is the week of December 1st, 2019. This is the road to 2020, and this is the XFL Show. I'm Alan. And I'm Bryant. This week, the XFL Game Ball was revealed just in time for your Turkey Bowl. This is episode 98, Tasty Touchdowns. And we are uh, (laughs) putting this show together on uh, the morning after, Black Friday. Bryant, how was your Thanksgiving? Oh, it was great, Alan. You know, I went, I was responsible for the turkey this year. So I, I, you know, I, 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 I brined the turkey. I, I marinated the turkey some more. I, I put some butter, uh, some garlic, some rosemary. You know, we, we got the best turkey we could find. And then we put it in the oven uh, a couple times until we got it right. But we're, we're in a good spot with our Thanksgiving dinner. I'm waiting for some really good uh, turkey sandwiches after this, man. How was yours? Why do I feel like when you're describing 
your 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 cooking of the turkey like the same way that uh, I've heard the ball was being made this week <laughs> when we were talking Perfection to Sam Schwartz. <laughs> Perfection takes detail out. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And uh, we have a, a, a very detailed oriented show this week because uh, well, we have a very good, a very special, good, crisp interview as we are only ten weeks. Away from kickoff 2020, and our good crisp interview this week will be football director of football operations Sam Schwartzstein from the XFL to talk about yes the game balls. And if you checked out our YouTube channel, I did an unboxing of one of the footballs that I was sent. <laughs> I got a St. Louis Battlehawks football, Bryant, and oh my goodness, it feels better every time I pick that thing up. <laughs> I feel like I've heard that before too, uh, Alan. It was a pretty entertaining video. If you check it out on our YouTube, uh, YouTube.com/slash This Is The XFL Show. But but yeah, you uh, you you were trying to save as much of that concoction that it came in that turkey looking wrapping as possible. But uh, gotta save the packaging. That's a collector's item. Yeah, that, that thing's so too. I thought, cool. I thought you were getting like a general XFL ball, but I didn't see one online. So you you unfortunately got the St. Louis Battlehawks ball. What do you mean, unfortunately? It's one of the best balls they, they made of, of the eight. We're going to be breaking down those eight balls, talk about our favorites, what we think of the design. But in our Good Crisp interview, you're going to hear all about the 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 planning, the, the, the process by which the ball was made and how decisions were made and how long it took and everything that went into it. When Sam Schwartzstein joins us, we interviewed him earlier in the week. And it's fascinating, and they are super hyped about the ball. They really didn't hold anything back when it came to researching and testing things out. And if you if you've picked up a ball yet, I mean, they are for sale. If you got sent ones like we did, luckily, <laughs> um, you've taught you've you picked these balls up, and they feel like a a different kind of football. But then at the same time, just you know, the same as any football you've ever picked up in terms of the dimensions and everything. But this feels. Like something that a lot of effort was put into, doesn't it, Brian? It really does. It looks like something that took a, a serious amount of time to get to. You know, we're, we're talking about uh, months and months of of preparation just to get a prototype out there, and then from the prototype stages out there, who knows how long it actually took. So we'll get into all that detail. Sam Schwartzstein was really gracious enough with his time on this busy holiday week. Uh, to sit with us and, and actually go through the entire process. So so check that interview out here in a little bit. Alan, did you get to play your turkey bowl with that ball, though? I played a mini turkey bowl. It wasn't a lot. I didn't have a full game. It wasn't 11 on an 11 or anything in the mud the way I like it. But uh, we, we played a little, you know, two on two. I was all-time quarterback because I'm not letting anybody touch that ball as much <laughs> as I'm touching. That's my ball now. <laughs> forever so are you throwing it to yourself a la uh charlie brown and uh it's it's yeah it's a uh, really cool that it came you know before the turkey bowl for sure because you know that's a big football day and i was holding that thing all day long on thanksgiving hopefully everyone had an excellent holiday uh we're gonna get into this week's show um in just a second with all the new stuff but looking back to last week's show the pep hamilton interview Thanks to everybody for the, the the feedback and the responses and everybody's hype uh, that's a fan of the D.C. Defenders and Pep Hamilton, letting everybody know how fast his team's going to be. What an interview that was last week. You can check it out on last week's show or it's isolated on our YouTube channel. So uh, that that's there. This week's Good Crisp interview will be the same after the show gets posted. 
And uh, we have some uh, you know plans for more great interviews with coaches slash general managers of each team. So be on the lookout for those. And then also, uh, Brian, I don't know if you caught our us on our, our social media at all this week at XFL show, but we had some people agreeing with you and I when it came to the LA mini camp in Las Vegas issue that we talked about last week. I think we are in the majority when it comes to that argument we had with Vince last week. Well, as as per usual, Vince is wrong. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but but in seriously, so we you and I agreed that that was a good idea for the Wildcats, uh, for for many reasons. And and yeah, social media did kind of back us up on that. I think it's a a great plan for the for the Wildcats. Plus, it gets me to go to Vegas another time this you know before the end of the year. Who doesn't love that kind of thing? So yeah, it, it really is for for gambling, right? Well, Vince for whatever reason, <laughs> but uh, no, it was it was a great thing, and I think um, I think the Wildcats are making a great decision going out there uh, just here, and I think they'll be there by the weekend. You might be hearing this and actually uh, be there. Yeah, yeah, they, they yeah. Go sneak it, what, sneak in at UNLV and get get a glimpse of the mini camp if you can. Let give us some, uh, maybe post some pics or send give us some detail. Uh, call in to the XFL fan line seven two four five six five four XFL if you're in the Vegas area. Uh, also, I was on fan this week. I don't know about you, Bryant, but I was on the the football advisory network a little bit, posting my thoughts and opinions on the footballs and their design. And uh, I, I'm encouraging people to sign up there because I have a lot of fun interacting with fans there. It's a lot like your traditional platforms, but this is all XFL official channels. And you know for sure the league is listening to whatever you post on that website. So I was on fan. Were you? Uh, I have not, uh, you know, being responsible for the entire Thanksgiving dinner has put a, me in a little bit of a setback here. But I'll, I'll hit it up this week. And again, Alan, you make a great point, though. You think the this isn't something like ESPN.com article comments, right? This is XFL's hub for you to put comments. So if you have something to say, definitely go there, Alan. I'm sure they're taking your criticism or your uh, your positive feedback on the footballs. Uh, from that website directly so it's, it's actually pretty cool i'm gonna go check it out in a little bit i'm sure there's a lot of great things out there uh, for for me fans to read and for the league to observe as well and you know also the 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 year is winding down we're in december now and planning must start with many camps already getting underway here bryant we got we got training camps to start planning for in houston and we were already talking a little bit about uh, how and when we're gonna going to get there uh, we got to nail that down pretty soon, but safe to say we we plan on at least getting down there for a, a portion of the training camp uh, festivities, right? The two week extravaganza. Oh, definitely. We we want to check that out. There's there are all eight teams in a, in an area in a single you know consolidated area for a reason. And I think that's because we they want us to go down there as well too, right? Enjoy as many teams as you can. <laughs> yeah. uh, so definitely uh, planning a weekend here and uh, here to go and and enjoy the Houston uh, training camps because you know this is kind of a, a monumental you know thing. You know you never hear about this. You can't go and check eight football teams um, mini camps in in one area unless you're doing it for like a like a like college football or something like that, right? So yeah. you'd have to go like Joku all the way to D one. Yeah, you 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 got you got to get down there if you're hyped at all for for the XFL and in striking distance of the Houston area, or if you you know have time to spare a, a weekend or you know portion of January, highly encourage it to all of our football freak listeners because we're going to be down there for a little bit and uh, we'd love to see you there at the training camps. 
We'll be observing. We'll be reporting. We'll be doing shows. And uh, I'm sure interacting because it's going to be a whole fan experience. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned to us for our, you know, we'll give you dates when we're going to be there. But, of course, we do know that uh, training camps just over a month away, Bryant. Can you believe it? In January, January 4th through the 22nd. And uh, crazy, crazy. One month. Ten weeks from kickoff, but one month from training camp. Well, some would say we're closer than ever to the to this, to kickoff here uh, as we speak right now. I'm going to say this, and I don't know if you know this too, Alan, but we are closer than ever to training camp as well. So we're, we're getting there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just around the corner. Um, but you're right. It is going to be a great time. So stay tuned. Make sure you follow us on social media at XFL Show. We'll, we'll break out all those details for you. Uh, so when we're actually going to be there. So hopefully we can uh, sit down and enjoy ourselves, enjoy ourselves some training camp together. And I'm sure Bryant will be doing some incredible Patreon content as well, in addition to the big shows in Houston. And this week, very special on the Patreon, although we we took the week off from the NFL college football show because it was Thanksgiving. We had a, a, a monster of an interview that we got to post early for the general patrons. Alan, like we say every week, if you're that interested in our good crisp interview, we put that up exact right when it it, it happens. Good right, we, 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 we hang up the phone, we we cut it, and we put it up on the Patreon, so you can get that a whole week early, basically. Sometimes, if you're on our Patreon, Alan, you also talk about a great week. We're gonna have our monthly. Uh, this is not the ex- oh, excuse me, our monthly bonus episode for the month of November. Where we're going to talk a special subject this week, Alan. I think we're, we have some ideas going there. We'll definitely uh, talk about that on the Patreon. A lot of great content out there. A lot of great interviews, discussions that we've had over the this the past uh, you know twelve months. I would say uh, so. Go check that out. Patreon.com forward slash This is the XFL Show. Uh, yes, in our weekly This is not the XFL Show, Alan. That we had to take a break because of the holidays is always up there where we talk all things football except the XFL. So it's a great show out there. So go ahead and check that out. Patreon.com forward slash. This is the XFL show. And I do want to get back on the night XFL show. We got to talk about halftime shows and the power going out on Thanksgiving, which was hilarious. And we'll have all sorts of fun football (laughs) content outside the XFL. Of course, bonus XFL content. You can't get anywhere else except the Patreon and early access to stuff. You'll hear on the main feed before everybody else. So Go check it out if you want to give to the Patreon. That is tremendous, and we we will thank you forever in 100 years. If not, continue to subscribe to the main feed. We appreciate you listening either way and appreciate you riding down the road to 2020 with us here on This Is The XFL Show. That's patreon.com slash this is the XFL show. But all right, Brian, if you aren't too full and tired and hopped up on tryptophan from Thanksgiving, I'm ready <laughs> to go into some of the news from this week and then start arguing about this game ball design and which one looks the best. Yeah, that's it. Let's, let's get, let's get into it, man. All right. I got to do it with family enough. So let's try to be peaceful here, by the way. <laughs> oh, we, we always are. But first let's get into some news and notes from this week in the XFL with the cover two. going for two, go for two and the lead. Okay. First up on the cover two, Bryant, really interesting here because so far we've seen players go from XFL rosters or being drafted by the XFL to NFL practice squads and NFL rosters pretty freely until uh, this week where the XFL uh, declined Josh Johnson, the quarterback of the LA Wildcats, to uh, go to the Detroit Lions who were, you know, interested in him. 
Uh, Josh Johnson was with Washington last year. I believe he was with Detroit earlier this year, wasn't he? And they're down to their, yes. they're down to David Blowy Wowie, who looked pretty good on Thanksgiving. But yeah, uh, they were did, down actually. to yeah, they were down to a, a third string quarterback. So they were reaching out to get Josh Johnson back on the roster. But the XFL this time around did not allow a player to jump over to the NFL. And I have to believe, Bryant, that has that has to do with the uh, well, proximity to the to mini camps and training camps because we are closer than ever, as we always say. But also, Josh Johnson, don't forget, was an assigned quarterback just last week. Yeah, and so I think the wording here is, is interesting. I think the XFL blocking... Uh, Josh Johnson is is kind of uh, not too accurate. It's it's not so much that they blocked him; it's that they didn't release him, right? So, yeah. So the 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 NFL's um, CBA, the collective bargaining agreement, basically says that a player to be signed to an NFL contract cannot be signed to play football anywhere else. And because Josh Johnson signed a contract, he cannot go to the Detroit Lions unless the XFL releases him from that contract. So. It's there not you like go. you know he was just sitting around and, and the XFL said no, you can't go. Right, the XFL has him signed and didn't release him. So let, I, I just want to get that out there, right? So it's a little more, hey, this is the understanding of what's going on. Um, but you're right, the XFL said no to this one, and I think mm-hmm. it's kind of the first one they got the opportunity to say no to, if you really think about it, because all the other players that have been jumping to the NFL practice squads or whatnot. Uh, they haven't been signed, right? The contracts aren't official until this coming week uh, when minicamps start, if we remember that uh, yeah, that, that letter to players that was sent out a few months back. Yeah, you're right. So you, you put that nicely, I think, because the ink is on the paper. So that's really what kept him from going to the NFL here. And that's, I, I would say you're right, not so much a block, but the XFL uh, expecting a player to honor the contract that he just signed. Even though it is, the ink's probably still fresh on the paper. Yeah. It was signed, and and that would be a much different scenario releasing a player and letting him go than just letting a player go who hasn't signed yet but is expected to sign. Um, different scenario in Josh Johnson's case to some of the guys we've seen, you know, jump to practice squads and rosters, especially with the DC Defenders that we talked about last week. All the guys they've yeah. drafted who who ended up getting NFL opportunities. Uh, so you have to believe if it was this week and other players were you know, presented the opportunity Josh Johnson was, they might have been allowed to go because they have not signed yet. So not so much a block, but the XFL expecting a contract to be honored. The XFL also protecting a quarterback that they believe is going to make their league a, a, a you know high-quality football league. Josh Johnson was an assigned quarterback, not a drafted quarterback, which means he signed his contract earlier than other players. So that makes sense to me. Um and also, you have to start, you know, kind of keeping an eye on the time here. I mean, we are yeah. going into mini camps here, and then a month away from training camps. And the closer we get to kickoff, the the more constraints there will be on players in terms of jumping at those NFL opportunities because the XFL will be all about players going for the gusto, getting that money in the NFL. But when we're in season mode, uh, the XFL is going to have to, of course. Uh, protect their rosters and make sure that these players are on the field and and honoring the contracts that they sign, which only makes absolute sense to me if you think it fit in business terms. Uh, you want the people that you signed on to play to play, and uh, well, you, you got to restrict them a little bit in that regard. Even though we've heard the XFL is going to try to keep it 
uh, pretty open for players to go after NFL opportunities after the season. You have to protect your investment. You have to protect your your quality of, of product. That's all things that are going to go into uh, the XFL trying to make this a viable football league. Vince, I'm going to bring you in here and ask you, would you have blocked Josh Johnson from – not blocked. Would you have not released Josh Johnson from your XFL contract to let him sign with the Detroit Lions to play for you know three, three weeks of football? Uh, definitely you don't want to uh, release this guy. I mean, it, that's, that's ridiculous. I mean, this, this is, uh, I'm, I'm with Alan here. You know, this is an investment that you have uh, and, and, you know, it's all about the quality of the play and you're trying to get as many quality players as you can. And this it's is somebody you identified as one, one of your top guys. Uh, you can't just let them walk away to another team and, and risk injury or never coming back. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the season, fine. But if you're in season mode, which the assigned quarterbacks are, I mean, these guys are already out there as representatives of the team doing media hits and, and going to, uh, you know, the uh, team and fan interaction, uh, you know, uh, events. Bryant, these guys are already just as much a part of the teams as the coaches and their staffs, which have already been in the uh, league, in the team buildings for months now. So. Guys like Josh Johnson, Landry Jones, Luis Perez, Matt McGloin, we've seen doing a lot of cool work with the New York Guardians uh, out in the public. These guys are already a part of the team. Their season essentially has already started. They're under contract. That just makes sense to me. Now people will, you know, outside of the XFL who are reporting on this, Bryant, you said, are reporting this as a block. Maybe we should think about rewording that, uh, the XFL is just trying to make sure they have good players and who could blame the league for that. Exactly. You know, you, you wouldn't want like you know in, in in regular day jobs if 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 your competitor if your company's competitor wanted to sign you for 4 weeks, your your company's not going to let you go for those 4 weeks. You know, that just, just doesn't happen in the real world. So I don't know why it would happen in the world of football. I will say this though, Josh Johnson was initially released by the Detroit Lions on September 17th of this year. Uh, I'm sure discussions about Josh Johnson joining the league have been, you know, very ongoing since then. It's not something that the XFL decided to do a couple of weeks ago, probably, or maybe even a couple of days ago, where Josh Johnson just, you know, instinctfully signed a contract because he needed a job. I'm sure this is something they've been going back and forth with, negotiated with. Josh Johnson knew the risks of signing this contract if something happened where he could get a job back in the NFL. And the XFL is not saying that their players are never going to be allowed to go to the NFL. As soon as the season's over, they're more than welcome to sign a contract. So I think it's a, it's a balance on both sides. Uh, the XFL is not really – I heard the word um, bad precedent is what I've heard a lot when reporting about this incident. And I say incident, but this you know isolated situation, I'll say – uh, the XFL is just doing what they're doing to make sure that their quality of play is at the highest standard possible. It's it's more. It, I like how, how you said that, Alan, about the the headline. It should be more. <laughs> Lions try to steal yeah. a quarterback from the XFL as opposed to uh, XFL blocks player player from leaving. Exactly. And you know what? The but, Lions, uh, at the end of it, well, they lost, but they still looked like they had an okay quarterback in there <laughs> filling in yeah, for Driscoll and Stafford. So, Yeah, um, and I, I was just going to say, I was talking to his cousin yesterday, and uh, you know they, they, they fully thought that that was going to happen with, with, with David Blau there. Um, 
and so they were very excited to see that. Uh, but this is this is such a millennial thing, in my opinion, of you know just contracts not being honored and people <laughs> feeling that they could just you know go wherever they want with no consequences. Uh, it, it, it's sickening. Well, I don't think you need to attack our entire generation over this. This is an, an isolated <laughs> well, incident. Our entire generation. Well, we, I'm, we I'm would, on the other side of that. I'm, you, <laughs> you would be, you would be included in what would you, be considered a millennial, Vince. I don't know. Do you know the year no, you were born I've, in? No, I, I've, I've redrawn the lines there. <laughs> He's He's redistricting in his own mind. It's great. I guess maybe if it's if you consider it a mindset, then yeah, Vince would be considered a boomer. We might okay boomer you at some point during today's show. Then Vince, (laughs) heads up. There is another in, uh, not incident. What should we call the scenario? Uh, that that this same situation came up with later on in the week. That'll be the second part of our cover too here, and that is that the XFLs. Offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Vipers, Jamie Elizondo, uh, came up uh, up in the CFL as a potential candidate for the Edmonton Eskimos uh, job. And uh, the XFL expects Jamie Elizondo to honor his contract he signed with the Tampa Bay Vipers. So he will not be interviewing for that head coaching job in Edmonton. And similar to the Josh Johnson situation, Bryant, uh, Jamie Elizondo is basically being protected as a, as a huge asset for this league. He's one of the offensive coordinators for one of the eight teams. He signed a contract, another situation where a guy's uh, expected to honor a contract before he goes ahead and jumps at another opportunity. All right, Alan, this is a different situation, right? We, we, we had, we talked about players. Now we're talking about coaches. Uh, we saw this happen in the AAF when uh, Brad Childress quit or left the Atlanta legends. We never figured out exactly why he left. Uh, before the season started, and and you can see the team suffered mightily. I mean, people say they were they were not well prepared for such a loss. So to lose an offensive coordinator to a team like you're saying, calendar wise, right before mini camps, is not something you want to have to replace or have to think about going into your inaugural season. These are things that you're going to want to make sure they're tidy up. I mean, I don't know exactly when uh, Jamie Alessandro signed, but I'm sure it's been a while. They've been working together. This is a well-oiled machine in their minds. Uh, um, excuse me, um, Tressman has them down there, uh, you know, working together to get this right. And to throw that kind of a wrench into that system would be uh, detrimental to the season. So I can see the expo on to why they didn't want him uh, jumping to the CFL. Yeah, Vince, do you remember when we were talking about that Brad Childress incident? Uh, I mean, we were saying, like, if this happens in the XFL, that would not be a good thing. So if you're you're someone hoping the XFL succeeds, seeing a coach getting retained this way, even though he has an opportunity at a head coaching job into the CFL, I mean, that is a pretty cool uh, gig. But the fact that the XFL is able to make sure this guy's a part of this league is great for the league, isn't it? Yeah, I, I... No doubt about that, uh, and especially with how close we are to the season. You know, we're talking about these, you know, mini camps and, and starting very, very soon. Training camp, I believe, January four, uh, a, a huge day. Uh, do we know? We don't know exactly when all the mini camps are going to be starting, do we? Uh, I mean, not all of that. them. We've got we've got info coming in on 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 some of them. Uh, you know, one by one, but we'll hear when Tampa's yeah. is pretty soon. I'm expecting. Yeah, and you know, I mean, it, we're at the end of November, so we know it's going to be sometime in uh in December here. Uh, you know, to 
to, you know, if, if you would lose, I'd say losing an offensive or defensive coordinator at, at this point would just be catastrophic to, to your team. Uh, so, yeah, th- this is this is big, in my opinion. So the Tampa Bay Vipers will retain Jamie Elizondo, who highly coveted up in the CFL. A uh, shout out uh, to the uh, Blue Bombers of Winnipeg winning the Grey Cup last week. Uh, a, a long drought ends up there for them. But the CFL will now have some – their coaching carousel begins, and uh, Elizondo has a lot of tight relationships up there. Uh, the, the Edmonton job would have been appealing. He's friends with their quarterback, Trevor Harris, who he's worked with in the past. So uh, it would have made sense. Uh, Elizondo was a head coaching candidate before in that league, uh, I believe for the Toronto job and the BC job. Uh, but he ended up joining the Tampa Bay staff and Mark Tressman, and he's going to be coaching in the XFL. And I think if you're rooting for the XFL to succeed, uh, that's great. The initial coaching hires, sticking with the league, we saw what a disaster that was for the AAF. Just another way we see the XFL separating itself from other other spring leagues of the past that had some missteps and some unfortunate uh, breaks when it comes to things like this. So. Another instance of the XFL protecting its assets, very highly coveted assets in players and coaches. A little bonus cover two action here to throw in some lanyap, as they say down in Louisiana, Vince. Landry Jones was, uh, among other quarterbacks, doing local media. But I watched this interview. It was on XFL.com. He was on the CBS affiliate in Dallas-Fort Worth, and the uh it kind of was let out in this interview even though uh it hasn't been officially announced on any social media platforms or the website just yet but the dallas renegades will be starting their mini camp december four and five in arlington high school and uh that that was uh really interesting we got the second of uh of the eight mini camp announcements there uh uh, it's on xfl.com it's it's a part of the interview um and uh now we know that LA will be in Vegas and the uh, Dallas Renegades will be right there in their own backyard, Vince, in Arlington, not in New Orleans or any other sinful town. So I think you, you should be all right with this one. Yeah, I, I got to say right now, uh, you know, Dallas is probably the, the favorite for being most focused. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah well call well, me up and tell me i'm wrong well we'll see when they when the wildcats and renegades yeah. play uh it, you know vince we'll see how how it affected them when it comes to the mini camp location yeah um I, yeah and I, I i would love to hear from the listeners uh uh what are we at xfl show on twitter um uh to hear what they have to hear what the listeners have to say about who they think is the most focused uh, who, who they think is the favorite now as we as we get all this uh, game planning information coming out. Yeah, well, Vince, I will I will tell you this, uh, you know, earlier on the show before you got into the studio, uh, Brian and I were talking about how multiple people on social media agreeing with he and I when it comes to L.A. going to Vegas and, uh, you know, as opposed to your your thoughts on that issue. And that's why I encourage all the listeners to continue to uh be very open-minded and listen to every little thing that I say on this show <laughs> because I think they could really learn something. <laughs> well, if you if you if you want to call in and address Vince directly, the number seven two four five six five four XFL. 
on the XFL fan line. Also on this video of Landry Jones, Bryant, um, there, there was a, a lot of talk about the football, a lot of talk about uh, you know getting involved with the community. And then there's another video on XFL.com of Landry Jones, which we heard a sneak peek of earlier in the, in the show. Um, the, there's a whole video about the creation of the XFL game ball. And in that video, Landry Jones is a part of it. And he said, quote, the more I throw it, the better it feels. And I couldn't agree with him more. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was actually the, the the maker of the football, if I'm not mistaken, was in Dallas or the Dallas area. So Landry Jones's input in that was probably very vital uh, to get that thing perfect. So Landry uh, getting the feel for the football, that might be an advantage that I'm very upset with that maybe some of the other quarterbacks in the league don't really have to get that feel of that football uh, to start the season this early. So go check that out for sure. That, that, that XFL game ball design creation video. It's so cool. It's up on XFL.com. So is that Landry Jones interview with local media. Uh, gotta give a shout out to, you know, all the work, all these, uh, QBs are starting to do. I've seen a bunch of social media, uh, posts, Brian of, of guys like Matt McGloin and Landry Jones, uh, Josh Johnson getting out there in the communities, giving away like turkeys and working with youth youth football groups and stuff. It's really cool to see that uh, these teams and players are already getting involved and getting people hyped up for for the season, but also doing good deeds. Yeah, a lot of things to give thanks for. Also, you know, they're they're getting the communities involved, the fans involved. This week, I'll, I'll be headed over to the LA uh, facilities to to talk some football with those. Uh, find people at the Wildcats organization just opening their doors to to fans like us, uh, to different people to get ideas, and, and it's actually great. So it's it's fan basically, you know the the fan uh, football advisory network uh, expanded into real life now too because th- there really are a lot of things to to be thankful for when the XFL come as it comes to fan engagement. So so thank you XFL for that for sure, and I can't wait for this week to to get down to the trenches with with the Wildcats. This is gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm going to need a full report of that, Bryant. I'm going to need pics, selfies, videos, hopefully some audio for the show. And, uh, yeah, and if you could uh, maybe get Coach Moss to cut a promo on Vince for calling them out for Vegas, that'd be nice, too. <laughs> TBD, but, but definitely a goal. If Coach Moss can cut a promo on Vince, I think Vince will be quivering in his boots for sure. I will be coaching like a crazy man. All right. If you're ready now, let's get into this week's good, crisp interview. We're going to learn all about the design of the XFL game ball, the process that that they went through to come up with the design, how it was made, the reasoning behind its, its design, Everything going into it, super interesting. This is, Landry Jones called it, Vince, the weapon that the quarterbacks will be using uh, come 2020. <laughs> and it, it is the tool by which these these masters will be, uh, will be, applying, will be applying their trade, and it is going to be crucial to the success of the league, and it is, I think, a beauty. And we're going to talk all about all eight game ball designs after this week's Good Crisp interview. Here it is. Sam Schwartzstein, the director of XFL Football Operations. This week's show is brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts, helping podcasters get their shows off the ground and running at a low, low cost. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today to get started. Hit up the contact us section. 
fill out your information, and your show could be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast platforms in no time. It's professional-sounding podcast production done the right way at a low rate without you ever having to think about any of the production stuff. You don't have to learn how to edit. You don't have to learn how to get your show wherever you need it to get to. All you have to do is sign up with Pretty Easy Podcasts, worry about the content, worry about being creative and doing your show your way. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com. Good crisp football. I tried to get you in D.C. to to tell me about it. You couldn't tell me anything was official then. Then during the draft, it was still being kept hush-hush, but finally... The XFL footballs are public. We could talk about everything that went into a man. I'm so hyped for this. Yeah, it's exciting. I remember um, having to hide all the balls uh, as people were coming into the office. So my desk normally has about 12 balls on it, but uh, I had to hide them in Doug's office. <laughs> yeah, we were saying, what's, what's behind that? What's under that giant sheet in that office, Brian? I remember saying that when we walked in. Right. Well, uh, well, Brian, start us off here, man, because we got to know every detail about these football footballs because they look yeah. amazing. There's some great videos out there, Sam, right now, right, of, of all the the different technology. But we want to hear from you. Just tell us, you know, really, what are the main physical features that separate this ball from what other balls that we're used to seeing uh, in the sport of football? So, first and foremost, our ball um, covers the same dimensions as a standard NFL football. Uh, professional football, so dimensions-wise, it's the same. Um, it's the same leather that you'll see in the NFL football, um, same leather you'll see in professional football and collegiate football. So from a basic p- performance component standpoint, it's the same. How we modify that is a little bit different. Um, the most uh, recognizable feature is going to be the X tips, or the tips of the, X, uh, the ball with an X on it, uh, that white piece on the end, that was a design um, idea. We had about 50 of them come across our desk in football ops, and we're looking at different pieces of what we could do um, with the ball. And then we would be there to say, does this help or hurt the player when they use it? And so we actually didn't know if it would help or hurt the player. And then when we finally tested it at the showcases, um, because there actually was a lot of hard work that went into making sure that one worked as well. Um, the X pebbling, which we'll get to later, you know, um, that one clearly was very hard, but actually creating stripes that go on the tip of the ball compared to the stripes on the sides of the ball or around the circumference of the ball, that was harder to do than people may think. Um, and big game and team issue did a great job putting that together. Um, so that's probably the first and foremost, the next one is the X pebbling, which was a really, um, I, an idea that came to us outside of design firm, hadn't really thought about it, but came to us um, when Bobby Monica and I, he's our league equipment manager. Um, he's been around the block, awesome guy, uh, been around forever in the football world. We were at the AFCA talking with all the ball manufacturers and um, team issue. Chris Calandro came up to us and we were talking about it. And they actually showed us a, an SMU autograph ball that had really large um, indentations and extrusions coming out of it. Um, and that kind of made the idea, oh, you can manipulate leather, leather in unique ways. And they were the only ones doing it in unique ways. And so that's where the idea of creating an interconnecting XFL X logo into it. Um, and so that's where we thought about it. Again, we didn't want performance to suffer from when we modify the ball. 
So players need to be able to catch the ball. Players need to be able to throw the ball. Yes, players need to snap the ball. It's still very important to us. Not as important as throwing and pass, catching, but the center matters. Um, <laughs> and we wanted to uh, make sure it didn't get affected too much. So we tried a lot of different sizes as well, but we ended up with the standard size. It's, it's this size for a reason, the ball. Um, and it's because players like to catch the fat of the ball. We tried a narrower ball that fluttered in the air. Um, shorter balls um, don't give as much circumference and, or give as much area to cut, to catch the ball. So that's where we came into this solid piece we our solid ball we have now and settled into the sizing of it. Another piece is that our ball, the bladder is unique to what um, Team Issue does is the top of the ball and the bottom of the ball are balanced. With, when you add the laces, you get an imbalanced ball. Um, and so it's harder to throw a tighter spiral. So our ball spirals a little bit nicer based on how we've balanced it. And I think it's going to look really cool with the spiral with that with that uh, X tip too, Sam. And I love how you guys really focused on function. You want it to look cool, but function is so important. And these balls are looking like they're going to uh, benefit the players a little bit. Tell us about those X tips because those should help wide receivers maybe locate balls better, huh? Yeah, when we saw the design, it reminded us a lot uh, in the football ops department of the practice balls that wide receivers will have. Um, in high school, we had balls that had on the four panels on the tips of the ball, there'd be a green one, a red two, a blue three, and a yellow four. And when you'd throw the ball, the coach would yell color or number, and you had to, to look it in, you would say what was on top, you know. If it was color, you'd say yellow. If, if it was uh, number, you'd say four. And right, that was part of it. And so this was a way to look the ball in, and this gave us that piece as you track the ball in the air. Um, so we wanted to make sure that that was the visual part of it. And so as you'll see when we have the 18 balls, we had thought process on having it be all team colors, the, the stripes, the laces, everything be team colors. But we then thought if we do it so unique, every team will have to have every set of balls because the Vipers will punch a Vipers ball to a Battlehawks returner. So we didn't want to have to create brand new balls for everybody on every team to where you'd have to have every set there and practice with every set. So when the ball's spinning, you'll be able to track the white part of the ball. Every ball has the same whites so that we don't have to have cross-functionally around all the teams. Well, Sam, you mentioned a little bit about the uh, teams having their own balls. What what went into the process of, of doing that and, and letting teams kind of have their own colors on the ball uh, while they're on offense? So pulling back of the curtain, every team has had their own balls in college football, professional football. That's just something we wanted to showcase that. Um, you'll even see in college football, some teams will use a Nike ball or and then another team will use a Wilson ball within the same game right? Um, fans may not notice that, but so we just wanted to kind of put that at the forefront that lets fans be able to have and see their own, uh, their team's football. And that team will be able to have, they'll have 12 footballs they'll bring to each game. That'll be prepped for them um, to be able to use throughout the game and thought, okay, this, this is kind of putting into the forefront, letting fans a little in, in on the little secret of the, of the football industry. Uh, well, Sam, also the one thing that I want to know, because it seems like it's been a long and, you know, very strenuous process, but, you, you know, you're here. The ball is the ball exists. Can you talk about the whole process from, you know, concept to completion and what that was all like now that the ball is actually finalized for the for uh, February 2020? 
Yeah, so that was probably the most exciting part. And, you know, as we've done this rules, it's been this build, test, repeat process using the Lean Startup Method. Um, and for those who don't know, the Lean Startup Method is saying don't spend 40 years in a lab creating something before you release to the public. This was bring it to the customer or the user base um, at MVP, a minimum viable product, and test it real time. Have them use it. Have them be able to, you know, try and perform with it. And then they'll give you notes back and iterate. So we first had the first iteration of the ball go from design phase to performance phase uh, at the Spring League in Austin. And we never played a game with it. We just wanted to fit it in, have quarterbacks give us notes on it. Um, that had red and blue laces. And then um, uh, it was a brown leather ball at the time. Um, and there was a very deep imprinted X into the ball. And so it was rough. It, was gonna, it, was, it would have um, messed with the player's hands over time because um, it was too imprinted. So then we went to a, a more production phase, added the white laces because we actually hadn't figured out how to do that yet. Uh, team issue and, I, and our team was still working on it. Um, and then we went to the first showcase and we had the um, lighter leather, the non-tanned leather, and then a thinner ball. Um, and then we got a lot of notes on that. We were not ready to play football that week. Let's put it that way. Um, and we charted every throw and interviewed every wide receiver and quarterback at every showcase. Getting that data, we would then provide notes to Team Issue on Sunday. Tuesday, they would have production balls that they would send us on Thursday. We'd game prep them before the showcase and then ultimately throw them that Saturday and Sunday or that Friday and Saturday. So that's when we did this process. Every week we were sending notes and creating new prototypes for each summer showcase. So it was a really cool process to go into that to really get to the final. I think the final version of the proto the final prototype we actually had at TSL in Mission Viejo where we and it was a really cool moment. I remember opening the box and we were we were not in a great place with the ball. Opening the box, the first time I held it in my hands, I was like, This is it. We are there. And it was because we've actually were able to we had the same circumference or length and width of the ball, but how we got from the width down to the point of the ball, it was too thin. And it actually was able to increase around where you normally have a, t a typical stripe of the ball, increase that area, that bladder, um, that, si that size of the ball. And that was that moment where I was like, okay, we have it. And it was this one ball. We were able to put it in. And then uh, we actually have, I have on my desk now, the, the final prototype we used, and we played a, a full game with it back in Viejo at the end of July. So before we had ever announced the ball, we'd actually played full complete games with the ball and uh, the exact ball. So we didn't have the XFL logo on some of them. We have the tips on some of them when we were testing different things to get it really quickly. But we actually have played five total or six total quarters with the XFL football before. That's amazing, Sam. I I, I love the, the the glimpse into the whole process there. That I, I just kind of picture you standing there in Mission Viejo holding a box with a glowing light coming out of it with you maybe wearing an Indiana Jones hat or something. That's what that sounds like. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, um, no, it was very um, it was very uh, Pulp Fiction-esque. And I think, oh, you know, yeah. we're, say we're, Fiction. we're all football <laughs> here, so we can all kind of relate to that moment love where it. I was like, oh, my God. Because, you know, we were not – fully convinced that we, if we, we weren't going to commit to anything unless it performed, That's unless our players really liked it, unless our players felt confident that this helped them um, or helped them as, in their process. There's no, there's no, nothing we were going to do. We we're going to do it for the sake of doing it. 
um, we had to make sure that this was going to perform. And so when we finally had that breakthrough, it was awesome. And I'm looking at the look at you know all sorts of photos of the balls yet. I haven't gotten one in my hands yet, but this X Pebble technology grip is really uh, interesting me here, Sam. It looks like these are going to be uh, you know pretty easy to hold on to, maybe catch. It, are, is it is it fumble proof? Then is that is this like a a, a ball hack or something? Or are the offensive players going to enjoy the ball a lot more than defensive players are going to try to be, be knocking these balls out of players' arms? It's easier to catch for the defensive players, too. So, you know, All right. <laughs> we hope we don't see too many balls on the ground. Nice. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited, Brian. I can't wait to get my hands on one. Well, yeah, I think you can buy these right now, right, Sam? I think they're available for you to go online and, or purchase it or sometime soon, right? They are for purchase, and you guys should stand by your mailboxes. Oh, oh. That, I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. All right, Sam. Well, that's. Uh, I, I think that's all the questions we had about these footballs. And then maybe once uh, we play a, a turkey bowl with them or a, or a belated turkey bowl with them, we'll give you our notes too. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again very soon because we heard there's a rule book coming out sometime shortly. Sometime shortly, yeah. I got, keep your eyes and ears open for that. I got a question for you guys. I know you guys have been fans of the XFL for a while. The only football I ever owned was actually the – football from xfl have we met your guys expectations as fans for what um you know what this new xfl is doing oh my goodness absolutely i i, I mean the and if we're talking about the ball i mean brian you and i like you owned the ball i remember you were the kid who had the xfl ball back in yep. 2001 and we were in love with that thing and i'm looking at these and i think they look even better and they're definitely going to function better i think i'm i'm loving every bit of it Oh yeah, no, definitely. This the the ball. It, it's I have to get like all eight of them. I feel like because it's just so they're so cool and so you know unique. And that's kind of what you want from the league, right, Sam? It's 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 uniqueness. It's different. So it's still football, but it looks pretty cool. And I can't wait to actually see those things being thrown at me with the cool X and the target. I'm really excited for those types of things. Cool, that's and, awesome. And as and as fans too, Sam, we got to tell you we. You know, we were perusing on the uh, on fan on the football advisory network too, interacting with people there. Like this whole thing, uh, as fans collectively, at, like the last few weeks even have been drastically different and more interactive, and we're absolutely enjoying it as football fans. And uh, we appreciate all your efforts for sure. That's awesome. Love to hear that. Love to hear because it really, it's really this football league is about the football fans, right? First and foremost, and so getting to get that kind of feedback. You know, we. We had to be a little hush-hush about it. You can go through Instagram and see a little bit of the product development, you know, see a lot of different versions of the ball. But now really being able to, like, talk to fans and hear what they have to say about it, it's pretty exciting. Sam Schwartzstein, thanks as always, man. We appreciate your time, and we look forward to talking to you when that rule book comes out. And uh, maybe we'll play some catch with these new footballs sometime during the season. Awesome. Have a good one. X Pebble Technology. X Tips. There it is. Sam Schwartzstein talking all about that game ball. It's a beauty. And it's not only gorgeous, but functional, Bryant. And uh, that was really cool to hear all about everything that went into making this thing. And I've got my Battlehawks ball right here on my lap as we discuss some XFL game balls amongst ourselves. It was kind of a great insight uh, information on all this without going into too much because we're about to go into all of this right now as we talk these footballs. Uh, Sam Schwartzstein basically said how at one point he had the aha moment and said, this is it. After months of preparation and work, he knew that this was the ball that they were going to be going with. And to get that uh, feedback, you know, on, on all the work that goes through designing a football, 
you know, the XFL, we've always talked about how diligent they've been in basically every decision that they're making and the, the tools that they use, as Sam Schwartzing said in one of the videos, you know, it starts with the tools that they use, this being the football, uh, to, to make sure it's a quality ball that, that is going to help performance in some ways. Uh, they don't want to fabricate um, uh, greatness is something that I remember him saying, but they did want to make sure that there was something that they could to call their own and the technology behind this is actually pretty impressive. So Sam Schwartzstein and team congrats. Cause it looks like looks great. Uh, and I'm sure it's going to look good on the field. And it's going to work great for these players as well. Yeah. Let's go. Let's dive all in all up in this uh, game ball debate because I, we all have our favorites. We all have our own opinions. We need to hear them all. I just also want to also give credit to Sam Schwartzstein who could be in the CIA if they wanted him because this guy knows how to keep a secret. He knows how to, you know, keep vital information to the league, uh, you know, to close to the vest and, and not not let anything leak. I mean, we, we were dying to know about the ball when we were up there in Stanford, Bryant, dying to know about the rule book. And this guy is the gatekeeper for the league, and he is so good. And so it gives us so much information, though, when he's allowed to, and we appreciate his time. But, I mean, the guy's the guy is basically... He, he, he is like the he used the cheat. sheet, Alan. Hold huh? on. He used the sheet, first of all. Not too CIA-ish. I'll give the man some credit for not divulging the information. But he he did cover his desk with a sheet, if I remember correctly how that works. <laughs> I mean, what's more effective than a sheet? Nobody is going to go up there and lift that sheet. How? Who would dare? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I almost did. But then I thought, no, they might cut my hands off. No, they wouldn't. All right. Let's get into... <laughs> The debate. Here we go. Talking game ball design in this week's hot read. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! Hey, Rick Flair! Rick Flair! Pepper, flip, caliber. Motown, happy, jolly, drunk, buster, Burr, tiger! I think he's got a hound too, Rodney, I think. Okay, time for us to give our own thoughts about this XFL game ball. And we've heard all about it there from Sam Schwartzstein and everything that went into making this thing. But let's dive into it because we have the game balls out there. They're up for sale on XFL.com. There are eight balls custom to each team. And we'll get into some of the details here. But I I just want to first say, Vince... Are you surprised there isn't just one uniform ball? What did you think of the fact that there's eight different balls unique to each team whenever they're on offense? Well, uh, you know, in the college game, uh, teams use their own unique balls. So I guess I'm not, uh, this isn't that revolutionary. Um, But they usually just have a logo, a small logo on them. This, you got got some, uh, the same logo, but different colors. Uh, I, I think it's interesting. Uh, it's to me, it's more of a marketing uh, and merchandise type thing uh, that you could get the, the official ball for your your club. Um, so, at the end of the day, I don't think that's certainly not a bad thing. I'm all for it. I li- I like it as you said. Is it a marketing and merchandising thing? Because who wouldn't want to own a ball that's you know specific to their team? I think that's brilliant, and to actually market that—I mean, that is a thing that is done in the college game. And you, you know, every team has their own balls that they supply, and they usually have a logo or something on it. But for the 
for the league to to sell it that way and make it you know make it really a big part of the whole uh, you know marketing and merchandising campaign uh, and reveal of the football I think is really cool and unique. Brian, are you ready to hear about the the specific details some more? We went into some of them there with Sam Schwartz, but can I run down the measurements and the and the dimensions and on the circumference of this thing? Definitely, Alan. I'll just I will just add because Sam Schwartz didn't mention it, but he basically said that they wanted to highlight the fact that each team gets their own ball on offense. So that's a, a pretty you know thing that a pretty cool thing that the XFL just wanted to make sure everybody could see so that way they can market it a little bit more but yes Alan, let's get through the, the the details of this football because i really want to know how long it is in centimeters <laughs> all right here we go i don't know if we no, have it in please c- not in- inches please i have i'm going in oh. inches here brian come on this is this okay. is america okay so team issue are are the production partner for for the ball you you saw their facility in that video that we talked about earlier uh, in dallas texas team issue help create this football, this beautiful piece of pigskin. And it is a standard professional football size, as Sam Schwartzstein said. It is 28 to 28 and a half inches, long circumference, short circumference, 21 to 21 and a quarter inches. It weighs 14 to 15 ounces. I was tossing it around to a family around Thanksgiving, and people were say, telling me, well, it's definitely not a Tom Brady ball. It's 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 it's, it's a hard fully inflated ball which is everybody's always concerned with these days and the texture is that x pebble exterior grip technology we talked about with sam schwartzstein which i love and i just think is totally rad the fact that it's x's all over it i mean it could have been any it could have been diamond shaped it could have just been slashes but the fact that it's x's vince i think is pretty cool and the dimensions it's a prolate spheroid vince you're a smart guy and know understand shapes What's prolate spheroid? What does that mean? Oh, well, that's it. You know, you're telling me you don't know what that means? No. What's a prolate spheroid? Oh, oh, well, that's well when you got a, uh, you, you got two, uh, you got two uh, spheres uh, that you're elongating, uh-huh. and they're, they're coming out into a conical end on both sides. Okay. And it's it stretched out from a foci that's usually, you know, about. I'd say like two thirds of the distance of the whole okay. uh, actual X dimension. Yeah. Yep. All right. So so that 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 that, that kind of clears that up. All right. Cool. Um, it's also made of traditional red leather that they're gonna they're going to brown it on game day. Brian, as Sam Schwartzstein said, and uh, you know this this isn't gonna look like some kind of silly kid toy football this looks like a regular old football because it is that traditional brown color which i think is pretty important you and i love the old xfl football but the fact that this one looks more like a traditional football i think makes it better you're right it does it does look very traditional but it has the xfl spin on it um the color is something that i think is really important to to have the visibility of a football the xfl almost went with a full black football if you remember back in 2001 and that would have been horrible for players to track it (laughs) at night or in the under the lights so i I think going to the actual brown football in these white stripes is is a good color and a good way for the players to identify that floating pigskin in the air and as we talked about the X tips, which are very prominent and noticeable on these balls, uh, they are white with the team primary color surrounding it. It is $125 plus shipping and handling on XFL.com if you want to get yours. And 
Now we could talk about which are our favorites and, and about these X-tips some more, Vince. So we talked to Sam Schwartzstein about the X-tips, locating the football easier, hopefully, for wide receivers because of those tips. What do you think of that portion of the football? Uh, yeah, I, I think it will improve quality of the play. Uh, so uh, from that standpoint, I'm all for it. But do you think that – now we've, we've gone into this thing now a, a lot with the with the enhancements. Do you think – I called it kind of a football hack to Sam Schwartzstein there. Like, it, maybe it's fumble-proof, or maybe it makes it easier to catch. Do you think this could be like a hacked football where it, it's going to be easier to, to use for, for offensive players? Or do you think defensive players are going to be able to get their hands on these footballs just the I, same? Uh, yeah, I guess yeah, you got to – I suppose it is, you know, the same. Probably still advantages the offense just a little bit more. Uh, but, you know – I don't know if this really is going to make that much of a difference, but it, you know, it's something different, and it's an attempt to improve the game. Uh, so, yeah, is it is it kind of like a hack or cheating or, or something <laughs> like that? You know, I I don't know, but uh, you know, it, it's it's going to help provide better entertainment, and I think that's at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. And it's a cool thing. I mean, I'm telling you, if you're a collector, if you're someone who yeah, fork out the 125. Get this thing. They're too cool. I would, if I had like a space for all these footballs, I'd buy them all and I'd put them on display on a mantle. They're that rad. I, I will say, I put this on actually on the Football Advisory Network. I would like to see a, a league ball, one that isn't team specific. That way, only as as a collector though, because. I would like to have all eight balls on a mantle with the league ball in the middle as the ninth, and, and I think that would look like a would be really cool. Maybe under a portrait I would have above that of Winston Moss above my fireplace. That would be ideal for me as a collector, Brian. Alan, did you get your hands on one of those prototype balls that they had during the uh, summer showcases? No, I didn't get to touch it. I saw it. It was definitely a longer uh, it's prolate spheroid, I guess it was. It wasn't. It didn't look as much like a traditional football as the as the is the official game ball design looks. Yeah, I saw it though. I, it was there in uh, New York and DC when I went to the to the summer showcases. So so when I was in LA, they were, they were doing these receiver out routes, and you know the the quarterbacks were trying to hit the receivers. Some would catch, some would miss, or whatever. So I can you know gingerly just walked over there. It just was like in the hopes that a ball would would be missed or, or, or overthrown or something like that. And it was, you know, and I ran over to that ball to grab it, to see, to feel it, to grab it. The more I think about it, I should have grabbed it and just kind of kept running to my car. You know, maybe, maybe that would have been great because I really want an XFL league ball. It's all, it's, the only reason is because I want a league ball. Uh, but you're right. Those things are pretty cool. I wonder, did, did I have to go back and listen? Schwartzstein did say at some point they knew that the ball was right. Um, he didn't mention what showcase, I don't believe, but I'm wondering if I was actually holding on to the final prototype or not at that moment in time. No, I think he was. I think he did mention that it was it was at the um, at the uh, TSL Spring League Mission Viejo event. Oh, you're right. Yes, when yes, they yes. they kind of came to the conclusion that they finally that you know by George, I think we've got it moment, and uh, we have this ball. Yeah, the other ball I think I saw might have had. Might have had, I think it was like it had a lot of white on it, from what I recall. I, sh I thought I took a picture. I don't know. I'd have to go back through my phone archives, Vince. But we have these eight <laughs> balls. Which one do you like the best, Vince, of the eight team balls? Uh, 
You, you know, I actually kind of like the Guardians one because it looks like the old XFL. Yeah, I was asking. <laughs> oh, you're one see, of those I, people. I was asking uh, Bryant before the show. I said, "Hey, help a colorblind brother out. Is this the original color scheme for the for the 2001 ball?" And you said, "Kind of," because it, it does look like that to me, at least. Yeah, the original logo had some silver in it. I don't think it was too white. I'm looking at my uh, old school XFL balls that I have here in the studio, and it had a little more silver than uh, than white in there. Uh, Alan, I'm going to say my favorite looking because of the background with the ball and, and the color scheme is going to be the Dragons football. It just looks really cool with that with the green and the orange highlight, and then you have the orange brownish ball behind it. I think that one's one of my favorites. Uh, the Roughnecks too looks pretty cool because that's the current XFL logo, basically. Uh, on the football. So that's as close as you're going to get to a league ball, at least at the time being, uh, is the Houston Roughnecks ball. Yeah, you're right. It does look like the uh, the regular league logo on the Roughnecks. Um, that's why I would have put it in my top three. It's They're all great. I want all of them. Don't, I want to um, these are I want to catch them all as the Pokemon as the Pokey kids say. Alan, you do have a, uh, a wedding coming up. These look like some great registry items. Oh, these look like some good groom's gifts. Or, I mean, I'm not going to have a whole lot of gro- groomsmen, but bachelor party gifts, maybe. <laughs> yeah, Ooh, okay, that would be great. Yeah, maybe a bachelor party <laughs> gift or something. This, maybe, uh, maybe I'm going to have to hit up people at the league office, but instead of instead of team uh, names underneath the logos, I could get I could get my Ooh, my good friends' names market. under them. Customized that's a great footballs? market to tap into. Customized footballs embroidered or, or you know monogrammed with somebody's name on them. That'd be great. I think I think the Vipers football would look really cool if under the logo it just said Vince instead of Vipers. Alan, do you guys have a hashtag for your wedding? Uh, not yet. No, it's oh, I mean, the thing's so you can not put that t- under the team six, logo too, right? Six months away. Don't be pressuring me. Oh, yet. my I got... friend, you're supposed to be learning from me. Come on, six oh. months. That's no time procrastination this is the way that that is the way uh i'll tell you my top three of these footballs i like uh the st louis ball not just because that's the ball that i have but i think it just looks rad i I love the i love the white and the blue it pops i love the i love the wildcats ball because xfl in black i don't know it just looks like like a tougher football it looks really cool and I'll say my third favorite is the DC ball. I, I'm a sucker for the red and white Vince, but those are my top three. I will say the Tampa and the Rene- the Renegades one especially. The Renegades one looks a little bit. I don't I don't know how to put this. It just looks like it way. It's just way different from all the other footballs to me. It looks like an outcast to me. It looks like I don't know more. What's the word? Cartoony. Than the other footballs, the renegades. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, oh, the, the renegades are outlaws. That, that, that's why that looks like that. It doesn't very. It doesn't scream very outlaws. It screams, "Hey, it's here's baby. your baby shower kit for your baby boy." Well, I'll yeah. say this: uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a baby boy ball. Yeah. Well, I'll say this: you know, one of the, you know, the, you know, they, they've kind of fallen off a little bit, but you know, in the '90s and early 2000s. One of the best high school football teams in the entire country, Woodland Hills High School out of P- Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, who at, at one time had the most players active in the NFL at one time. Uh, their colors were turquoise and black. 
and they were some of the baddest dudes around. So I, I am not uh, shying away from these colors at all. Uh, the baby boy ball. I think that might be the. Can we rename this episode to Baby Boy Ballers? <laughs> I mean, I want to buy. I want it Dallas for sure. Renegades. I want myself a Dallas Renegades ball. I'm just saying it looks different compared to the other ones. I don't know. Like, like Brian said, maybe if a little anybody, bit more kitty. If anybody wants to do like a like a farce Renegades podcast, you should really call yourselves the Baby Boy Ballers. That'd be rad. That'd be, that'd be like a cool side <laughs> nickname for the team. I don't. I, I wouldn't be ashamed of having that as my nickname, the Baby Boy Ballers. Uh, you got a you got a top you got a top ball, Brian, or top three or anything rankings or whatever. Well, I, like I said, the dragon the dragons is really cool. I like that one. That's the, the the whole color scheme. I'm all about continuity here, and, and the entire thing put together is pretty cool. Uh, the Ren- uh, the Roughnecks, excuse me, as well. I'm a big fan of that one. I will say with the the Wildcats, it almost looks bright. I'm wondering if that's going to have some good. The red, I would say the Wildcats and the Vipers, it almost looks um, very vibrant. That I wonder if the lights are going to reflect off off of that uh, in a good way or a bad yeah, way. I don't know, but I feel like it's kind of like a reflector almost. It seems like some good slow motion video at night with that uh, ball rotating through the air. I, I I feel what you're saying. Did you spend any time on the AR website they made, Bryant? I did actually. I was in a meeting at work when they popped out, and I started p- trying to put it on like my boss's head. Uh, it didn't really work out too well, but uh, <laughs> uh, it was pretty cool. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to get some. I'm, I'm going to try to get into that this week uh, uh, when I'm you know out and about in, in LA and trying to get some yeah. cool shots with the Wildcats football. Yeah, it's a cool way to get a you know social media post made there. It's I like that as a marketing campaign for the footballs. They made the augmented reality website you can mess around with on your phone. Yeah, and it is pretty cool. I want to put it on top of like you know the the, the Staples Center or something like that if I get the opportunity <laughs> to be on a metro bus, things like that, because it is a pretty cool little feature and, and a great marketing tool to get people to just interact with your league. And that's kind of what the league's all always been about, right? Getting people to interact with them as much as possible, uh, so that augmented reality. AR uh, football was pretty cool. If you haven't checked it out, go check out their uh, their uh, uh, the social media uh, at XFL 2020. Yeah, Vince, I know you probably haven't checked it out yet, but you really got to kill some time on that augmented reality website. It's yeah, it's your board. Uh, uh, well, that's very rare, but I, I will check that out. You have to. You have to get yourself an XFL football uh, on XFL.com. And send pics of you holding it and uh, maybe posing like an old-timey football player. That's what I was doing. I was doing the punter punter pose, the old 1950s punter pose, Vince. Um, Yeah, yeah, that's that's one of my favorites. Get your XFL football at (laughs) XFL.com. Post them on social media. People are already doing that. And, uh, yeah, we got balls. We got them. They're official. They're out there. And... Can I present this question to everyone real quick? And Alan, I know we don't have it here on the rundown, but I just want to ask. On a scale of 1 to 10, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but how necessary was the XFL to develop something that was different than just your standard football? Oh, I thought it was I thought it was very necessary because that was one of the things that actually people loved about the original XFL. Even though functionally on the field it was kind of a mess, in terms of, you know, I, a lot of people bought that football and, and people love that football and talk about that football. So 
to have something unique to the league in that regard, I think was crucial. And I'm so happy that we got these footballs. I'm just hoping that, you know, on the field, they perform well and the players love them. And so far, we've heard from quarterbacks that are hopefully not just saying it to say it, but are actually enjoying playing around with these balls and and uh, tossing them and, and getting used to them because uh, this is the this is the tool that they will be using each and every single week come February. Yeah, I feel like it was something that the XFL wanted to attack because you're right, it was such an iconic part of the original XFL. Um, what's interesting to me is just the technology behind it. They didn't just repaint the, the, the NFL ball, right? They redesigned their own ball. So to see that, I think, is probably the, the aspect that I thought maybe at first wasn't too necessary to redesign a football that's been working for 150 years. But now that I'm thinking about it, this X Pebble technology and the grip and all this that the XFL put so much time into is probably uh, something that's going to help their game mightily uh, in yeah. February. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be keeping a close eye on fumble statistics to see if this X Pump X Pebble technology helps running backs grip it better, high and tight. That's all you got to do. Hold on to that thing. Don't hold it like a loaf of bread, especially these beautiful, gorgeous, brand new footballs. I think it's more dropped passes is what I'm going to be uh, focusing in on the most, I would say, uh, to see if this, you know, little white touch on on the tip of the ball uh, makes any differences being able to uh, view the ball and, and, and make a secure catch. There we, it, there we have it, our full conversation on the XFL football. Uh, hopefully next uh, we'll have Jake in here to not only talk about the football, Bryant, but uh, got to feel like jerseys are going to be revealed pretty, pretty soon too. And uh, equipment, uniforms, this is all going hand in hand and, and stuff that's going to be fun to talk about and debate. Jerseys, I feel, are going to be a lot more... Uh, contentious in terms of what people like and and prefer i mean that's that also goes hand in hand with team pride so actually alan uh this is just breaking in as we're as we're filming this as we're recording this actually what uh team jerseys are going to be out this tuesday (laughs) 12 3 announced by the league on twitter uh, at XFL 2020, they're going to be announcing all jerseys. I mean, we might have to stop and watch this video. It looks really interesting. There's some coaches in this one. It looks like I'm playing it without sound. I don't know what. There's Moss. But, yeah, they're announcing uh, team jerseys. Selfishly, I'm really excited because that's my birthday. Uh, 12-3. Uh, we're going to see some jerseys, helmets, it sounds like. Oh, wow. This is pretty interesting, man. What a birthday present. So jerseys coming this t- <laughs> You said Tuesday? Tuesday, 12-3. Uh, they're going to be announcing... Uh, and showing off, I assume, all the jerseys, helmets, you know, color schemes, uh, and how I'm assuming home and away. So, so right what you're telling, camp seems what like you're telling me is that next week for us is going to be one of those weeks. We're going to be we're going to be in front of these <laughs> microphones a bunch next week. That is what you're telling. It me. sounds like it. We're probably going to have to get Jake on the Patreon to talk about those jerseys as soon as they come out. Unless we want to do something on YouTube, you tell me. Uh, but we'll definitely be on this mic uh, pretty much a, a good amount of time next week. As we are most weeks anyway. We are talking jerseys next week then. All right, I'm game. I cannot freaking wait. It's going to be a fun-filled week next week. I'm sure Jake, I don't know if he's actually seen this text, but he's probably going to be super ecstatic when he sees that uh, coming out. But yeah, next week's going to be pretty good. Yeah, this is like the biggest thing since team names. For a lot of people. All right. Well, we, we got that on the we got that on the rundown, at least for next week's show. So much to go, Alan. So much still left to be had. I'm still waiting for the rule book. That's what I'm really 
um, churn, yearning for is that uh, I'm not churning for it. I'm yearning for it. Uh, that, that rule book. But yeah, jerseys are supposed to be coming out pretty soon here. And I think that's when Jake, you know, that might be a two hour episode and okay. none of us three will actually probably get an award in. There might be an episode per jersey. Uh, Jake talking about it all. <laughs> Maybe we'll get some fashion. Well, there's designers. not too many weeks left uh, to, to get all that in. Uh, Only it's... 10 weeks till kickoff. One month from training camp. And, I mean, a, a lot of planning, a lot of prep, and a lot of fun to be had in that time frame. And then we're in season form, and we're going to be, oh, my goodness, just doing big things here. On this is the XFL show. Follow us at XFL show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, call into the XFL fan line if you want to uh, agree or disagree, especially with Vince seven two four five six five four XFL. Vince, you got any parting words for everybody? I just uh, hope everybody had a, a happy Thanksgiving out there, a safe Thanksgiving, and uh, maybe by the time uh, that you. Uh, listen to the show. This Black Friday sale on XFL.com will still be going on. 40% <laughs> off select merchandise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They got the new hats out, too. I'm sure a lot of people yeah, are going to be grabbing. Yeah, those caps. I, I might be picking up a Renegades hat. A, kid, a bat, baby bad Can you get boy? one for my, uh, my baby if, if it's a son? <laughs> no, you... Brian, are you sure you're going to be going to an L.A. Wildcats function with your kid wearing Renegades gear? Come on. I wouldn't be my kid anymore. I might have to leave him there. You <laughs> have the first child that you could say was born a Wildcat fan. How about that? Yeah. And if, if the timing works out perfectly, it might be ready for kickoff. So we'll see. If if if, if uh, Brianna gives birth at the kickoff, Oh, my goodness. Like, as the ball's getting kicked off, how great would that be? <laughs> uh, it would be great, but I wouldn't be there to see it. I'd be at the stadium. So it's <laughs> something called television. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. want to thank Sam Schwartzstein, the director of football operations at the XFL, and everybody at the league office for uh, setting that interview up with us. That was a lot of fun learning about this game ball design. Please send us pictures of you holding your XFL game balls. We want to see them. We want to see who you're representing at XFL Show on Twitter. Uh, I got my Battlehawks ball, but I think I'm going to have to collect them all eventually. For Vince, for Bryant, (laughs) I'm Alan. This is the XFL Show. Remember, they're listening.